Hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian, and um, I just wanted to make a quick message. A quick message. Um, I I wanted to talk about something. I'm right in the middle of doing a um, a training with a a lady uh, who I I think I met through Alicia Hartzell, but Donna Gammon, amazing lady. And um, one of the things that I love that she's doing is she's walking us through our money mindset, like our prosperity consciousness, like our thoughts about money, the things that affect us when it comes to money and why we're not, um, you know, successful or why we are or what our, our thoughts are about money and about wealth and, and that type of thing. And while I was doing this exercise, um, which was in, you know, a journal exercise, I came across like this amazing epiphany about myself, about my reality, about the way I feel about money, about all of it. And um, one of the things that she asked was about what was our, you know, our first thoughts about money what is your first memory around money and how does it feel and um you know it's funny as i said this i almost forgot what the first memory about money was because i think it's so traumatic there's so many traumatic experiences around money when i was a child even like from the very beginning of life I was in this battle, this struggle for existence. Like literally, if I did not um, uh, survive this situation, I would die. <laughs> like I was in a life or death from my youth, from my youth. And um, I was, I'm not the oldest, I was not the oldest child but I was the oldest of the siblings of my mother that were alive because she had one that died and that was from poverty. So basically from the beginning, we, you know, we were dying from poverty. But anyway, um, I was the oldest of my brothers, John and Kevin. And so basically they looked up to me. I was almost like the big sister, even though we had another brother, Wayne, that lived with our grandmother. And then we had two brothers, Joey and Willie, from our stepdad, Willie Franco. But all of us lived in this crazy poverty situation. And although it was, it was already bad, okay? But when my mother left to move to Baltimore, Maryland, when I was seven years old, that's when it all went downhill. She literally took us out in the middle of the night with nothing but the clothes on our backs. We got on a Trailways or Greyhound bus to Baltimore. We had no way, nowhere to go. She was escaping my stepdad, so we stayed with my Aunt Dot uh, for a few weeks. And then we got a, a place uh, in the worst part of the, like the Baltimore ghetto, the gutter that you can imagine on Stricter Street. And uh, we, you know, then began like fighting for our lives. Like l literally every day was a fight for my life when I went to school. In fact, if you ever look at me closely, you'll see I have like a scar 
over my lip. This is from where some kid, I guess, had a crush on me. So when I turned around, he literally was there and he was booked, dude. And his tooth went right inside my face. I kid you not. This is the life I came from. But, I mean, we were so poor when we lived in Baltimore. I remember there was a situation where we were all fighting for that last bit of peanut butter in a peanut butter jar. I will never forget this. Like, never. And um, my mother was like, we didn't even have a bed. We were sleeping on the floor. There was like one mattress on the floor. Um, there was another room that had a mattress on the floor, but we all huddled, huddled together because we were cold. And I remember it was near Christmas. So all we had was one blanket and we all laid up under our mother and she used to call it rolly crunching us because she would lay on us because she was a big 300 pound woman and we would feel warm and loved i mean this is the life i came from i kid you not and so um i just remember we were so poor and these uh it was like these these uh priests they were white priests three white priests came and they were looking i guess they had been going up and down the street looking for this family that was in need but they couldn't find them and they just happened to come to us and at this point we had lived on top of a store because i think we got kicked out of the first place we were in and um we had nothing when i say we had nothing i remember stealing um a, a half a bar of safeguard soap from a neighbor upstairs that's how poor we were. There was an old pumpkin from things uh, like around Thanksgiving, and uh, we were near Christmas. So I, I just want you to understand how poor it was. It was beyond anything you can ever comprehend poor. And um, these these uh, priests came and they brought these things like food and clothes and toys because it was Christmas and our life was never the same. And suddenly our Aunt Dot found this place down on Pulaski Street near Baltimore Street. And so she had this huge like three-story building. And so she was able to move us in there with her. And we came over with all our Christmas toys and we had a Christmas tree. And I, I want to say our life was never the same. I always say that. But that's not exactly true. So as I was going through this thing, uh, this, this uh, you know, chore that I had to do about my money mindset, I realized that there was a trauma. I almost forgot the trauma. I know I've been clinically therapeutic. There, you know, I've been in therapy, okay? I've, I've been on medication. I have talked about this trauma over the last 50 years or so with numerous uh, social workers and whatever. So the situation was my mother, you know, she had three children to take care of and she was a welfare mother making about $150 a month. And and I, I, I can only imagine how bad it must have been for her because she did eventually have a nervous breakdown. But... The situation was, it was hot, it was summer, and we had lived uh, on Boyd Street. I'll never forget, it was like an alley, a, a house that we lived in. And I'm, I'm even amazed to this day that she had that. But I remember my Aunt Dot had it first, so she, she actually inherited. That's how we got that. But um, not inherited, but, you know, passed down the lease to her, pretty much. So I remember we were so poor at that point in our lives that I would put on my mother's cape coat 
at eight years old. Eight. I might have still been seven. Between seven and eight. I want you guys to know this is all between seven and eight years old. I would put on my mother's cape, go down the Pratt Street. I remember there was a grocery store there. And I would fill her cape pockets with as much as I could. Now, I always looked older for my age when I was younger. I now look younger for my age now that I'm older, so Capricorn. But I don't think they questioned me. As long as I had a quarter to buy an orange or something, I could go through and get through, and I did. I remember once I stole an entire ham. I tell that story to this day, and how I, I sold like, a um, not a leg of lamb, but like, you know, the like a big thing of ham. And I guess they figured I was overweight. You know, I was a chunky little girl. But I used to bring home sodas and tuna fish and mayonnaise. And I saved my family. So there was a situation once, and it was summer, as I mentioned, where we were really hot as children. And we used to like to get wet. That's what we used to call it, getting wet. And that's where you go get a hose and you, you, you know, you have a hose sprinkle on you because we lived in a ghetto. All you had was, you know, asphalt semen. So my mother had somehow managed to save out 20 bucks. I don't know how, but she had this $20 and she said, Libby, my nickname, I want you to go and get us a hose. And I was like, okay. And my brothers, Kevin and John were coming with me. And I remember I didn't have any pockets, so I gave the, the uh, money, put it in my brother John's pocket, because he had pockets, I thought, you know, we were safe. So we went down to get the hose, but as we, we were on the way, I said, John, check your pocket. I just want to make sure you got the money or something like that. Or I think we might even have got there and didn't have the money. Either way, we were in the alley, and I remember trying to check his pocket. We were pulling out. We were looking for this money. We could not find the money. We stayed in the alley. We did everything we could. We retraced our steps. I mean, we were crying before we ever got home. One, we didn't have the hose. Two, we didn't have the money because I'm sure she was expecting change back. We were. I was mortified, and I knew I was going to be in trouble. And so when I got home uh, to tell her that we just could not find the money, um, my mother, um, well, she blamed me, of course. I was the oldest, uh, and for, for being stupid, she called me stupid, and uh, for letting my brother put in his pocket, and, um, and she went and got a curtain rod um, and beat me with a curtain rod, um, but what was traumatic about it is that the open ends of the curtain rod um, made scars in my body. And I began to bleed from many places. I, and to this day, I can look at my arms and see the scars. And um, I had scars on my legs, scars on my arms, scars on my, my, my buttocks, scars on my back. And um, I just remember going, um, crying. I was hysterical, of course. And she, she took me and put me in the bathtub and said uh, to me, you know, don't tell anybody. I don't want to go to jail. I still remember this. But the thing that was so traumatic about it was not that I was beat within an inch of my life and there was blood everywhere, but it was that I was in a bathtub of blood. 
And I can't begin to tell you how traumatic it was for me to be seven or eight years old in a bathtub of my own blood. And knowing that the person who did that to me was someone I loved, my mother. And that I even felt that she was justified in doing it because I lost all the money we had in the world. And I believe that I must be so deeply traumatized from this experience of being beat within an inch of my life, literally. And then my mom telling me not to tell anyone because she didn't want Dyfus to come take us all away. I mean, just, just holding just that responsibility of like, it's up to me to keep my family together. If I say anything, I'll lose my mom, I'll lose my brothers, I'll lose my life. Oh my God, you guys, I never realized how deeply traumatized I am about money. I have this deep desire to be in the spotlight, this deep desire to help people, this deep desire to practice astrology, and now I'm a healer and all these things. But at the core of it all is that little seven, eight-year-old girl sitting in that bathtub full of blood, crying because she lost every dime she had. Every dime. Oh my gosh. So I realize now how deeply traumatized I am about money. Like this is not just a little thing for me. This is the most important thing in my life. I've never made over $100,000 in a year. Even though I'm sure most people who know me think I probably work harder than the average person. This has got to be a money mindset, some type of block, something I'm doing that has to do with this money and that situation that goes all the way back to like seven years old. Now, mind you, I remember an incident before that when I was only like five or six, which was when we were with my father, my stepfather, and I, I had stolen his dimes. He had collected all these dimes. And I remember he, you know, the dimes, it was in this huge jar. And I thought, well, he'll never notice that I've stolen the dimes. Kids are so silly. Well, I had started siphoning off the dimes and going into school and buying like goodies and hoarding it or over the other kids or even sharing it. But it made me feel like I had something because instead of having to have the, you know, the poor people uh, lunches, I could have like hoagies and cheesesteaks. And I remember doing that even when I was like six or seven. And I, I remember they got there. I got in trouble. And I had run away the first time I ran away. I was only six or seven years old. And I had went to my friend Trudy's house, I still remember. And her mother uh, was really protective because um, I think she was afraid of what the consequences would be for me. And I just remember she, 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 um, she really talked it out with my dad before she let him get to me, him and my mom. Because I guess she just didn't want them to beat me to death. 
And, um, but he did, he sat down and talked to me and I can't remember the conversation exactly. I think it was something about honesty and not stealing, but I think it also set up a traumatic experience in me because that was such a major thing for sick, you know, a first grader to run away because they stole money from their father because they felt they were poorer than all the other children and the other children were making fun of you because you were poor. This is something that goes deep back to the core of my identity. Like, I can't even believe I'm having these epiphanies right now. So I've realized I've got some deep cleansing, some deep inner healing that has to be done when it comes to my money. Not just a little bit, but we're talking a lot of it. Because this is a major, major issue in my life that has to be healed in order for me to make the money that I need to feel independent. And yes, yes, my daughter is having five-figure months now. Bless her little heart. But it is... I don't want to be a, a, um, a, you know, I don't want to be a drain on my kid. And once I get grandchildren, I don't want to be siphoning off money that could be used for them. I want to be independent and build my own wealth, my own empire, have my own money. So I can say I did it. I'm no longer that little kid crying in the alleyway looking for that $20 bill. I'm no longer that kid sitting in that bathtub filled with blood. I'm no longer this person incapable of earning a hundred thousand or more a year. I hell, I'm er, I'm capable of earning a hundred thousand a month and I know it. And I'm gonna make it so because that is my freaking birthright. I believe with all my heart now that all of this, all of this occurred to me so that I could one day Say I make a hundred thousand dollars a month or whatever because of the past that I've come from, what I've overcome as an individual, as a person, what I never want to go back to, what I made sure my daughter never had to experience, and what I don't want to experience as a senior. I want to retire in comfort. I never want to go through what my mother went through. I I I'm my goal in life now is to retire extremely well. <laughs> like right now, I may retire, but I don't know if it's extremely well. And and even though, you know, with COVID, we can't go all the places we want to, but at least get some kind of beachside, some kind of beachside uh, villa somewhere. I mean, if you're going to work like a dog, you, 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 get, you get to have a beachside villa. I'm just saying. That's my goal. I want to work from my beachside villa with my, you know, my my infinity pool and my gorgeous, uh, you know, mansion-like qualities. I want that. I want my maid. I want I want to cook. I I want a pool boy. I want all of that. Now I'm not saying I want it. I want. I know I have it. This is my reality. It's already in place it's coming it's my birthright to have these things i realize this my story is only my story so that i could say i was victorious over that story i know that i believe that i affirm that it is so okay i just had to get that out of my my spirit and share this with whoever wants to hear it many blessings
<laughs> oh, and by the way, to learn more about me, I'm Adrienne Obi. You can find out more about me at my various websites. Uh, you can find out uh, about me at getmeareeljob.com, which is working on improving getmeareeljob.com. And the sister to that, which is getmeareerealcareer.com, where if, by the way, if you go to getmeareerealcareer.com and you go to the, um, to the shop, well, there's a whole bunch of zero items. Those are all freebies. They're like giveaways. So go crazy. Go get some freebies at get me a real job. Or excuse me, get me a real career.com slash shop. I also have fiercefinefab.com. That is my fashion, my fashion desire, because I love fashion. It's a passion. So I, I have to have that in my life. I also um, have danceandslimdown.com, which was created after I lost 300 pounds. Yes, you heard me, 300 pounds. And so I really want to make that something that sparks again in my life. And I now have, uh, well, there's astrology, a look inside, because that is my main passion. I love being an astrologer, I love helping people. I'm excited about astrology, I look inside, and I'm excited about the alignments and the sacred light foundation healings I'm gonna be able to do and share in that practice. Also, I now created Astro Numeral Land. Astro Numeral Land is my, uh, by the way, I, there is an astronumeralland.com. I'm working on that. And so that is my new modality, which is a combination of astrology, numerology, uh, numerology uh, and Eastern uh, astrology and, and animals and all kinds of things. I put it all together and created Astro Numeraland. So um, that, um, I've got perceptive guidance. I haven't done much with that. I really need to do that septicguidance.com um let's see neverquitmind.com i'm reviving neverquitmind.com which is uh just a variety of different uh online um well they're all different types of uh digital products like digital ebooks but a lot of it is actual digital um like plr which is like I call that like, uh, you know, store in a bag, a product, like literally you can buy something for 25, 35 bucks and you can open up your own niche or something. So that is there. <coughs> I was just thinking, why am I so dry? And I looked down and I realized I'm 22, almost 23 minutes in. No wonder I'm so dry. But anyway, you guys, as you can see, because of this obsessive, uh, need I have in my heart and my spirit to overcome poverty. I have all these different branches of things that I, my, you know, subconsciously I put my hands out there to do because I'm searching, I think I'm searching for that, that to release myself forever from poverty. I never want to be that little girl who can't find the $20 bill. I never want to be that little girl sitting in that pool of blood who lost the money. I want to be victorious over money. And so I realized that this is like a something I do, you know, with almost without sleep. I am obsessed with it. But at least now I realize why. And I'm thankful that I was able to do this um, 
you know, this, 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 uh, activity so that I could find out where this core belief around money and the pain and suffering around earning money and gathering money and holding on to money and amassing money where it all comes from it all comes from that deep poverty mindset that i just discussed with you that little girl sitting in that pool of blood feeling responsible for losing a 20 dollars bill like my goodness seeing her mother you know basically being put in a mental institution over not being able to handle it like losing it pretty much so you guys I, I've shared a lot. <laughs> I've shared probably too much, but I had to get this out of my heart, off of my chest, and just acknowledge that, yeah, I get it now. I see why it's painful. M earning money should never be this painful. And now I know why it has been for me, and so now I know how I'm going to put a stop to that and why... I need to put a stop to that because it's no need for it to be as painful and as horrific as it's been. It's all because of this early conditioning that really skewed my uh, view of life and money and poverty and wealth and all of it. Just wow. Anyway, much love to everybody. Anyone who's listened to this, let you know much love to you i just wanted to get this recorded somewhere so that i you know can acknowledge that i i had this epiphany okay well much love to everyone many blessings many blessings bye now